The following program is part of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations China podcast series. For more information on the National Committee, visit us at www.ncuscr.org or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Weibo. I'm Jonathan Lowett, Senior Director for Leadership Initiatives at the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. Joining me today on NCUSCR Interviews is Eric Liu, author, educator, and civic entrepreneur. Eric is the founder and CEO of Citizen University, which promotes and teaches the art of great citizenship, and the executive director of the Aspen Institute's uh, Citizen and American Identity Program. We'll discuss his book, A China Man's Chance, One Family's Journey, and the Chinese-American Dream, published by Public Affairs. Eric, thanks for taking time to talk with me today about your book. It's a fascinating memoir and set of reflections on contemporary life, and particularly particularly life as a Chinese-American. Uh, I was hoping well, you John, could talk thank you. to me. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so go, go ahead. Uh, John, thank you for having me on the, uh, on the podcast. It's uh, delightful to continue our conversation. Well, that's great. Uh, I was hoping you could talk to me a little bit about the book and its origins, particularly for folks listening who haven't read it. You know, how long had it been germinating, and and what encouraged you to complete it when you did? Well, in one sense, the book has been germinating for many years. Um, It it is a bookend in some ways to the very first book I wrote uh, in 1998 called The Accidental Asian. Um, And that book was really reflecting on uh, in, in ways both personal and more broadly social and political, the, the content of Asian-American identity, of pan-ethnic, pan-Asian uh, American identity. And uh, in the intervening years, uh, many life changes unfolded. Uh, I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. I live in Seattle now, where there's just such a thick and uh, deep uh, Asian-American community. Um, I uh, became a parent uh, I have a teenage daughter, um, uh, and I think just you know the, the passage of years made me feel like it was time uh, uh, to reflect on a personal level. But I think the even bigger thing on a more, again, broadly cultural and even geopolitical level, of course, over these last 15, 16 years, uh, has been the resurgence of China uh, and the way in which China's rise has uh, I think altered so much about uh, the identity and self-conception of many Asian Americans, but Chinese Americans in particular, and uh, uh, and I think it uh, you know comes at the same time that the United States is just going through a period of identity flux uh, in a lot of ways, and so I just felt like it was a ripe moment, both personally and politically, to uh, dive deep into the question of. What is Chinese American identity, and what does it mean to be Chinese American in this age of China and America? Sure, and dive deeper into that uh, a little bit for me. So, with this resurgent China, uh, how 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 do you think Chinese Americans view that, and is there a difference between a Chinese American viewpoint and a non-Chinese American viewpoint? Well, I mean, I think um, on <clears throat> on the most basic level, uh, if you look just historically, since Chinese immigrants first started coming to this country in significant numbers um, in the mid-1800s, you know, the, the pattern has been that any time China has uh, been 
uh, strong or weak, actually, uh, it uh, it reverberates into how Chinese Americans or Chinese immigrants in America are seen or treated. Um, and so uh, in the early years of immigration, when China was weak um, and Chinese immigrants came here, uh, you know, th- that was an age of... Uh, well, that was an age that culminated in the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, an age when Chinese immigrants were um, were given the most thankless kinds of tax, tasks, were afforded the very minimal kinds of protections in society, and were really treated as outside the bounds of Americanness, uh, just kind of you know inexorably, indelibly um, alien, uh, and uh, as a matter not only of law but as a matter of social norms and. Uh, you fast forward a hundred years when uh, uh, China uh, was uh, um, when when the communists took over mainland China and the Red Scare and the debates within the United States about quote who lost China um, you know there too um, were, was a period where Chinese Americans were viewed in a more um, I suppose suspicious light where loyalties became uh, something to be questioned and. Uh, um, you know, and on our own age right now, uh, if you think back to the prosecution of Wen Ho Lee uh, all the way to today, um, you know, there's been this dynamic that now when China is truly resurgent and uh, uh, proving to be a, um, you know, a rival uh, of the United States diplomatically, economically, in some ways perhaps down the road militarily, um, uh, it creates, again, this heightened perception of Chinese Americans as both presumed foreign and perhaps even presumed not entirely loyal until proven otherwise. So that's, that's one trend, but it's not the only mm-hmm. trend. Another, uh, another pattern, of course, that uh, plays out in Chinese-American life as China rises um, is a sense of heightened, I suppose, attractiveness. <laughs> you know, the, the, we, we live in a globalized economic and, and uh, intellectual age, and so uh, increasingly, uh, American businesses and institutions of higher education see the benefit uh, of having Chinese Americans who are able to move uh, perhaps more fluidly um, uh, between the United States and China to build bridges, to uh, embody uh, syntheses uh, across the two countries. Um, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a, uh, an implied advantage there that arises uh, even at the same time as there can be in other circumstances and contexts, a heightened sense of threat that uh, that uh, reverberates out, um, and so I think you know it's a it, it's a period of flux right now, and this is why I think it's really interesting to explore and to write about. It's not a monochrome story of everything's awesome or a monochrome story of everything is uh, be, be becoming bad, but it's uh, uh, in, in so many ways the 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 ways that Chinese Americans have opportunity, are perceived, and uh, are able to move fully into American life, uh, become this mirror, this Rorschach test, in a way, uh, of how Americans in general perceive China, but quite frankly, more deeply, how Americans in general perceive America, and whether Americans in general have the confidence, the capacious sense of uh, this country's identity and future to say, uh, yes, you know, our, our, our future is going to be about embracing um, talent from China as well, as well as everywhere else, and we feel very comfortable uh, about that. And so um, we as Chinese Americans, I think, end up being this very interesting bellwether for, for these kinds of uh, um, uh, uh, trends. Yeah. It, it, 
it's fascinating to think about the the Chinese American being a reflection for the rest of America and and its level of confidence and so forth. Well, one of the ways that I put it, um, you know, both in the book and in general, is, uh, you know, to the extent that Chinese Americans are able to thrive in America, America is thriving. You know, the, the, for, for all the ways in which China's resurgence is creating a certain undercurrent of anxiety in the United States and a sense that uh, the United States may be eclipsed soon economically and that, uh, um, you know, the United States not, does not have the same apparent sense of purpose and direction and momentum that China seems to be projecting, to the extent that all these things are out there creating a, a deeper sense of anxiety, I actually uh, um, am not overly worried, uh, because one of the realities is that um, you know the United States retains a deep and enduring competitive advantage, uh, which in one way I shorthand as such, I shorthand as America makes Chinese Americans. China does not make American Chinese. China does not have, does not want to have, uh, is not accustomed to having a cultural operating system uh, in which people from all other parts of the planet are welcomed, are integrated, and in turn, and over time, change the very baseline definition of cultural content of the society. Uh, that's not China's system or, or, or deal. That is America's system and deal. And so, you know, if we, if we don't blow it, and if we are not blowing it, that means that Chinese Americans are feeling uh, that, you know, whether we are second generation children of immigrants like me or immigrants like my parents or uh, people of whatever generation, if we feel like we can express our fullest potential and capacity here in the United States and have the fullest breadth of opportunity to develop uh, our potential here in the United States, uh, then the U.S. is going to be fine. And the U.S. will be delivering on the promise of that open operating system. But uh, to the extent that those opportunities do not feel so broad, to the extent that Chinese Americans feel like there are glass ceilings still here and uh, blockages of channels of opportunity, uh, th then suddenly, again, a resurgent China becomes this other magnetic pole out there, and it begins to cross the minds of some people of Chinese descent in this country. Well, maybe, uh, maybe this isn't the place to pursue my dreams and my future and my fortune. Maybe that place is China. And if that notion and thought becomes more prevalent and contagious, uh, then that would, that would be a true defeat for the United States, because it would be failing to deliver sure. on our promise and failing to hold our talent here. Although that, that suggests a bit of a zero-sum game, that, that, that one's dreams would only be able to be satisfied in one place or the other, no? I think that's, that, you know, I, 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 yes, you're correct, but I think broadly speaking, um, the, the, to me, the test of, uh, you know, the larger point is the test of whether America is working is whether its promise of inclusion uh, is in fact being delivered upon. And in this sure. age where China's resurgent, um, one good measure of whether America is delivering on its promise of inclusion uh, is whether Chinese Americans uh, feel like we can uh, be all we can be here in the U.S., Sure. I'd like to pull in a little bit of your work uh, with Citizen University and your notion of citizenship that, that comes out in your book seems fundamentally American. But you also suggest that your approach to citizenship in part reflects your Chinese heritage. So can you discuss that a little bit? 
Sure. Uh, you know, my, so Citizen University is a nonprofit that really uh, runs a variety of programs that uh, teach and promote and propagate the practice and the art of effective, powerful citizenship in the United States. And, you know, because we're situated in the United States, we're very conscious of uh, two different strands of civic identity that have always been woven together like strands of, of DNA uh, in American life. Uh, one, of course, which is, is certainly the dominant one, um, is the individualist liberty strand, just the, the idea of the free individual unencumbered um, by history or by government or by tyranny, certainly. Uh, but there's another subdominant strand of American civic identity, uh, and that is the strand in which uh, people have come together to make great things happen. Right? That is the strand uh, of barn raisings in the American West. That is the strand of Plymouth Colony. That is the strand... Uh, of how Americans came together to, uh, you know, win the Allied invasion of D-Day, to put a man on the moon, so on and so forth, that these uh, uh, things that are about team um, are also part of the American story. And, uh, and so in my work at Citizen University, I talk a lot and we teach a lot about how these two strands uh, interweave. In the context of my exploration of Chinese-American identity uh, in, in this book, um, it really became clear to me as I was reflecting not only on my political and civic work, but just on the ways that I had been raised and the, and the most resonant messages of my upbringing and now the ways in which I'm most intentionally trying to pass on a certain notion of, uh, of values and ethics to my, to my daughter, uh, I came to realize that there was such a strong um, uh, Confucian element uh, to my identity, Confucian in the sense of being uh, very conscious of context, being very conscious of uh, place and right, and uh, right in a sense, R-I-T-E, of, of propriety, and, uh, and being really conscious of uh, the, the ways in which you are part of a, uh, a, a, a thread of ethical identity that long precedes you and that will long endure after you, um, and, uh, you know, though that aspect of my identity was uh, not as salient in my youth, but I think, uh, you know, part of the blessings or, or curse, I suppose, of middle age and parenthood is that uh, uh, things long uh, beneath the surface come to the fore. And my heightened appreciation of that just in my own perceptions about what's important made me realize, boy, that actually explains a great deal of what it is about American identity that I've always reverberated, re resonated with, because the second strand of DNA that I described earlier, this collectivist strand, this strand that is about context and history and being part of an enterprise greater than, than oneself, um, that part of the American story um, has always rung more loudly for me. And I've come to realize that it's rung more loudly for me precisely because of my Chineseness, precisely because, you know, as the grandson of a uh, a man whose name was Liu Guoyun, um, you know, d deliverance and destiny of the nation, um, and, and where I grew up with stories of family and a family whose ethic was of um, service to a greater uh, cause and to a nation and to a responsibility to others, uh, not about self, um, that those messages from my Chinese identity have shaped the ways in which I've pursued being uh, American. It's a, it's a lovely note to to wind up on. We, we've come to the end of our time, and Eric, I 
can't thank you enough for speaking with me today. And I, we look forward to uh, to reading the next book. Well, John, thank you so much for these really great and thoughtful questions. And as always, uh, enjoyed uh, enjoyed exploring ideas with you.